0: Hi and welcome to the first episode of the Defenders TV podcast, the podcast about the Marvel Netflix shows Daredevil, aka Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, all leading to the miniseries Defenders. These will start on April 10th with the release worldwide of Daredevil, a 13 episode series. Hi I'm Derek, I'm one of your hosts. And hi I'm John, one of your
1: other hosts. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Exciting times. Absolutely, yeah, we're, we're pretty close to the release of the first uh, show of the Marvel
1: Netflix series. Yeah, it's um, Daredevil on the 10th of April this year, 2015, exclusively on Netflix, mm-hmm. being distributed to every eye socket. Um, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Which awesome. is great about Netflix.
0: Absolutely. So firstly, we wanted to introduce ourselves and introduce what we'll be uh, what we'll be covering on the show. Um, so a little bit about us. We uh, currently host another podcast called the Gotham TV podcast about the TV show Gotham, um, which is broadcasting worldwide uh, at the moment.
1: Yeah, in the US and Canada, but not on Netflix. So it's slightly staggered. We're based around the UK island schedule.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: But um, but having a great time, uh, interviewed a number of the cast um, at New York Comic Con back in October of last year, 2014. Uh, we also, at the end of August, start of September, um, and we interviewed um, Victoria Cartagena and Andrew Stewart-Jones, who play uh, Rene Montoya and Christmas Allen, detectives, on Gotham as well. So we've had a really great time and a bit of a blast doing um, Gotham TV Podcast, of which we will continue to do when it airs back um, on TV, on Channel 5 in the UK and Ireland in March. Yeah. But um, we're also moving our attention to The Defenders um, and the Marvel Netflix uh, superhero shows that obviously, as Derek said, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, um, Iron Fist. So a real good lineup here and obviously with release of the marvel cinematic universe's slate of films there's an awful lot going on um for marvel at this moment and for many years in the future yeah so just to learn a little bit more about us i suppose i start off with john who's your favorite marvel character my favorite marvel character is Doctor Strange, without a shadow of a doubt. That's right, that's right. Yeah, I love Doctor Strange. Yeah. Absolutely love him. And, um, of course, incredibly happy <laughs> about the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch being cast, I think. The Benedict Cumberbatch. The like. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> um, I'm not a Cumberbitch, I'm a Cumberbutch, I think. Mm-hmm. um, But certainly dead excited to see him play that role Um, I think it's great casting as the Sorcerer Supreme, Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange, um, mainly because through his work doing Sherlock, which is what I certainly um, got introduced to him on uh, with Martin Freeman, um, Stephen Moffat's other Mm -hmm. show, he obviously does Doctor Who as well, but is Sherlock. I think he plays likeable arrogance really well, and I (laughs) think... Okay, we don't know what the storyline of Doctor Strange will be, but um, given that his origins are an arrogant surgeon who has his hands crushed, um, again, I think to put arrogance across or confidence across maybe is another word for it, in a a likeable fashion, I think he's done that really well on Sherlock. Um, He's obviously really liked in the role. um, And I think that helps with doctor strange ultimately a bit um as well so yeah. i can't wait to see what they do to it absolutely yeah I'm really um, looking forward to that and one. to the character
0: yeah yeah definitely really looking forward to that one uh, for myself uh, my favorite marvel character is uh, is nick fury agent of shield um i love the character absolutely love uh, the the history that's there he's been around since the uh, early 60s from his sergeant fury days all the way through leading up uh, leading and heading up uh, Shield, and now it's you know obviously broadened into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with uh, with Samuel L. Jackson playing him in
1: the movies. So uh, huge! You've had an absolute feast mm-hmm. of glorious cinematic um, visual entertainment that's just been great for you. You've had Captain America, the First Avenger, and the Winter Soldier with Hydra, Shield, corrupt bad Shield. Yeah. Um, so essentially, Nick Fury
0: versus Shield, my favorite. Exactly.
1: You've got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with Agent Coulson and mm-hmm. all that going on. You have... You've had it good, yes, young I man. Have. You've yes, had I it good. Um, <laughs> and
0: them all being connected has been great fun, too. In
1: Furnace, I really like Nick Fury, S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. And it's funny because in trying to come up with a name uh, for this podcast, there are lots of different sort of options available. But one of the things was obviously... Both Doctor Strange and Nicholas Fury um, appeared in Strange Tales, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is really kind of quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely.
0: That was our that was our original name for the podcast, but Defenders is uh, is just as good, I think, as uh, for our for our podcast, particularly given our focus is on
1: is on these four characters. So yeah, really looking forward to it. So then, um, your first Marvel comic. Which is the first one that you kind of remember?
0: I, I remember it clearly. It was the first time I'd ever been given a present of a of a comic book, um, which was uh, when I was t- turned 13. I was given the first issue of Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Volume 2, and my world was wide open from that point onwards. It led me into everything from Nick Fury vs. S.H.I.E.L.D. to the art of Jim Steranko, which led me into tons of other comic books and tons of other artwork from independent comic books to dc i wouldn't be there without that original issue of nick fury agent shield that was my uh i still have it um it's still one of my favorite comic books so
1: yeah um, mine was i can't really put an exact issue number or what the tale was i just remember being introduced um, to Strange Tales, uh, an issue of Strange Tales um, that was uh, second-hand uh, in, in one of the second-hand bookstores, comic bookstores mm-hmm. um, in in my local area um, because it's one of those things, I think we were discussing this just before uh, the podcast uh, and us coming on air really, was certainly back in the UK um you kind of picked up a comic that was there and the one that had the best cover and the thing that stood out to you. I mean, you know, I remember getting the likes of, uh, the Beano, the Dandy, but also then as I got a bit older, Oink, which are these really <laughs> specialist, um, kind of, yeah, uh, yes, very British centric, um, comic, uh, characters. And I mean, In a sense, they almost don't fit in with how I developed liking comics. But um, I suppose for American listeners, probably the
0: only thing that would be similar would be maybe Mad Magazine um, would be the only real similar kind of style. Um, Didn't really have the same kind of comic strip uh, books that we had in the in the UK and Ireland. Yeah, uh,
1: and and obviously 2000 AD was a big one, and Terminal Man. I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. uh, all those kind of things. But I remember in terms of Marvel. It was just really being transfixed on a Strange Tales issue. I think it was from around sort of early, mid-1960s. It was um, Jack Kirby, Ditko Uh storyline. It was mental. I just remember these vivid Mm colours, crazy depictions of this guy on an astral plane, obviously Doctor Strange. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved the writing. I loved all these characters that were being introduced um, that you know we didn't kind of quite know how to pronounce at the time and ever since then i've just enjoyed doctor strange and it's also why i have a place a little place in my heart as well for nick fury because then in looking for strange tales that suddenly found issues that didn't have any doctor strange in but have a lot of nick fury in mm-hmm. and howling Commandos, so that introduced me to a lot of marvel characters Um sort of straight away. And then just one other is the Michael Straczynski, J. Michael Straczynski, Strange, the Marvel Knights imprint. Right. That I remember purposefully going out and buying. I think that's my first Marvel comic where I went and purposely bought it because of the character and mm-hmm. um, that with um, i think it was sam barnes as the writer as well and also then the artist brandon peterson and that origin tale again so that was really good right excellent excellent
0: um so onto the kind of cinematic universe of marvel so uh so what's your favorite marvel cinematic universe movie so far so we've had 10 i think uh up to starting with iron man and ending with guardians of the galaxy what's your favorite of the 10 so far,
1: as you know, I'm never gonna just give one answer uh, here. I'm tying it into one. But if <laughs> I have one, it would be Winter Soldier. Oh, right. Yeah. Captain America, Winter Soldier, so far. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, With Iron Man three, a close second. Wow. Wow. Controversial. Mm-hmm.
0: I like it. I like it. Um, hundred percent. You've already said mine. Um, first Avenger was my absolute eye-opener to essentially captain america is nick fury he's got his, <laughs> he's surrounded by his Helen commandos he's fighting in world yeah. war ii um he's now one of the leaders or one of the heads of shield so you know those two films together uh the first avenger and uh, winter soldier are what i wanted to see as a nick fury film so i've been delighted by by those two films but number one for me the eye-opener that was First Avenger that you can still tell a period drama set in, set in in wartime and make it exciting for people like me who are looking at it going, oh, my God, Hydra are on the screen here. The Red Skull is here and doesn't look stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true, yeah. yeah. Fantastic.
1: I would say that's my third, actually. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, love I you know, I kind of quite there. liked uh, the First Avenger, but I think it got eclipsed by the other two for me. Right. Up until probably three years ago, it was Captain America, the right. First Avenger. Excellent, excellent. And so the MCU, but not as we know it, mm-hmm. as such. And what was your favourite non Marvel Cinematic Universe and um, Marvel movie so far? So this can include obviously anything before Marvel started its own um, production and film studio mm-hmm. and all,
0: I suppose all the other the X-Men stuff and the Spider-Man stuff and Fantastic Four all those kind of mm-hmm. movies that aren't actual Marvel Cinematic Universe you know, right. yeah. so the ones that aren't connected as, we, as, as we'd say yeah Um I suppose for me Daredevil um, really stands out as one uh, that I love the the Ben Affleck film Daredevil. When I saw the director's cut of that, that really stood out to me as as yeah. one of my favorites, definitely. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what they are doing in the TV show. Um, I think the sh- I think the movie got a lot of criticism that I didn't feel was was as deserved as uh, as I thought. I I kind of came out of it going, I'm really excited. This was really good. Um, so I'm hoping that the that the show kind of brings Daredevil as a character to the wider audience. I really love the character, so uh, yeah, I'm
1: really intrigued. Yeah, I would be on uh, on board that boat about mm-hmm. it being... Um, well, no, hang on, let me finish. Okay. Um, about Daredevil getting a bit too much criticism, a bit more than maybe it should have done. Mm-hmm. But certainly with the extended, um, I thought that was really good. But the reason why I'm on board with that is my favourite non-MCU film would ultimately be Blade, right. the first Blade. Uh, I loved the whole blood disco that occurred at the mm-hmm. start and just that opening up And what Wesley Snipes did with the character was absolutely brilliant. But that trinity of the first blade, Punisher
0: Mm.
1: with John Travolta, I know, but the Punisher and um, and then Daredevil. Thomas Jane was a brilliant Punisher, though, yeah. Those three Mm -hmm. um, were really, really good. I can go back and watch those three films all the time yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, they're, the Marvel, they're the Marvel Knights in, in, the, uh, in yeah, the Marvel and the Yeah, I really liked books, it. Yeah. Again, as you say, Thomas Jane, perfect um, casting, I think, as the Punisher in that. Mm. Really liked it. Did you see um, the
0: short they did as well, uh, following up the two uh, the two Punisher films that they did a short with Thomas Jane playing the Punisher. Guess, it was, yeah.
1: Excellent, yeah. They were really good. But ultimately, Blade is the one that I would say is my favourite, but I think those other two are certainly... Um, Creeping up uh, onto the uh, blade and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. I also have a soft spot for Spider-Man Two with Doc Ock because right. I remember him from the cartoons and um, that used to play every Saturday Absolutely. in the UK. And Doc Ock was always kind of my favourite Spider-Man villain, so that was great seeing him uh, appear yeah. in Spider-Man Two. Great
0: job, another another New York-based character as well. And um, so, listeners, if you're just listening to us for the first time, you'll you'll have heard this is a uh, this is generally something that John will do if I give him a question, he'll give me seven answers. So
1: uh <laughs> why tie yourselves down to just giving one one answer when you can give a little range, a little feel of what um you're about. I, I've got a few interests and I think they're reflected in my um film choices yeah yeah. i go around terrorizing people like the (laughs) no
0: no no. and listeners if you want to get in contact with us and tell us some details about yourself some some of your favorite marvel characters or movies you can get in contact with us at feedback at defenders tv com.
1: yeah absolutely and we'd love to hear what you have to say have a, have those discussions and conversations and and build that community around this Marvel Netflix enterprise. That's that's going to happen. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So the majority of the show um, from now on is going to be about uh, Daredevil. It's the show that we know most about. As we said, it's coming up on tenth of April worldwide. Um, is the release date for it? But we're going to give you a little bit of background about the other shows um, that are that are coming up as well. Um, so following Daredevil, again, there's been no release date and no confirmation of any other um, any of the other shows after Daredevil what we know are there are a total of 5 shows that Netflix has contracted to with Marvel to uh, to bring uh, exclusively to to all of us lucky lucky people yeah um the there was a a bit of an announcement from the head of Netflix this week uh, where he st- stated that generally we should look for these shows about once a year um but he wants to give the shows the time to breathe and develop they'll make all the episodes and deliver them all on the same day um, when they come out for each of the each of the shows. So we're starting with Daredevil in, in, on the 10th of April, and then hopefully we'll get A.K.A. Jessica Jones, which is the only other one that has a cast against it. Hopefully we'll get that within the next 12 months.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the other things that certainly hasn't been ruled out is this idea that they... Um, may come back for a second season.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I think they're uh, they're really hoping. I think that uh, that they're going to be uh, going to be really popular. And Netflix is doing a great job with their original programming, so I'm sure they're looking for
1: some new stuff to to put on their on their service. And it it kind of is a different way of it being put out compared to say Agents of Shield, like we have now, or even say with the Gotham, that it goes out all in one package and um, all done and dusted to all different territories. You know, like House of Cards, like mm-hmm. all the, the other Netflix originals. So that's really interesting. I think in terms of that, we're not going to do a bulk podcast where we just... Um, talk for 13 um, hours. Yeah, talk for 13 hours. <laughs> Derek probably can, probably, I would say. Probably. Um, I know I probably can. 26. 26, <laughs> yeah. Um, as long as you keep the caffeine coming, I can speak um, for over 24 hours. And um, But, you know, we're not going to release... a load of podcasts all at the same time in the same way that netflix do you know we will space out the podcasts that we do for each of the episodes of daredevil mm-hmm. and probably looking at once a week
0: yeah yeah but let let us know what you think again if this if there's another format you think we should take let us know where the show is for you as well so again you can email us at feedback at com. at the moment we we probably think we're going to do one podcast an episode uh, is is essentially the way we'd, we'd probably look at doing it. S-
1: but with that, on to A.K.A. Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. quick little uh, rundown. So the
0: description that we've been given for A.K.A. Jessica Jones is essentially it's a former superheroine who decides to reboot her life by becoming a private investigator.
1: Yeah, she's going to be played by Kristen Ritter. Um, and actually Luke Cage is going to feature in, in this as well. And that's being cast. And that will be Mike Coulter. Um, He's going to be in, uh, a.k.a. Jessica Jones. Uh, For me, this is one of the youngest members of the Marvel Netflix um, group of superheroes. Um, She appeared as Marvel Max imprint Mm. um, in Alias Issue 1. That was back in uh, 2001. So, has been known as Jewel. Um, But also... The other big thing is this whole detective agency that specializes in cases surrounding superpowered human beings or all the superheroes. Yeah. Um. So in that case, that would seem to fit nicely with that description that's currently out there about um the show, a.k.a. Jessica Jones. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to say a.k.a. though all the time. You can say also known as if you want to. Um. <laughs> But forgive me if I just say <laughs> Jessica
0: Jones okay, okay. or Ms. Jones. But Jessica Jones is a character, as John mentioned, was created for the Max imprint of comics for Marvel. So uh, which essentially is a comic book series that takes place outside of the regular Marvel continuity Um, generally aimed at a much older audience. So it's mm-hmm. there's there's quite a violent comic book in itself, uh, the Max comics Um but Jessica Jones was brought in, and it was brought in as a love interest for Luke Cage. Her story was marginally rewritten so that it could be a bit easier to read for younger readers, or for people that, that you know that probably the the comic books couldn't delve as deeply into as violent her, her violent history, I suppose. Um, so she is a she is a character that's kind of well known now uh, as a as a comic book character, and is very heavily connected with Luke Cage. So quite interesting that the, both characters are cast for this for the show.
1: Absolutely, um, and that's Connection uh, stems to a baby girl called uh, Danielle. That's right. So they do have a baby. So it'll be interesting to see whether that dynamic is in play within within the show. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So the show next up after that um, will be Luke Cage. Um, he gets his own show. It's already been confirmed, and we obviously have the cast. That we the assumption is that obviously Mike culture will play the part uh, in Jessica Jones, and that will spin off into into Luke Cage. So you'll already have a pre-existing knowledge of the character before he gets his own. His own series as well. The description of Luke Cage is given super strength and durability by a sabotaged experiment. A wrongly accused man escapes prison to become a superhero for hire.
1: Exactly. And becomes a solo hero for hire initially, Mm -hmm. um, as far as I'm aware. But then there is the other connection with one of the others where it is uh, Danny or Daniel Rand, a.k.a. Iron Fist, who they form and work together in Heroes for Hire, where it develops into being a team of Heroes for Hire. And so that's, again, one of the connections that begins, the thread that begins to link through um, all these different characters. And you could speculate that maybe with A.K.A. Jessica Jones... That connection might come from the the blind lawyer of Matt Murdock, mm-hmm. and then this whole idea that Jessica Jones is a private investigator, and those two worlds obviously quite conceivably collide, and so that should be really interesting. And um, he's also known as Power Man, though Luke Cage.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and that's where he kind of made his his name as the solo hero for for hire. Um, the funky '70s
0: version with the uh, with the afro and the and the yellow. Uh, Sweatshirt, wasn't it yeah
1: yeah Yeah. and that's it golden golden black i think isn't Mm. it yeah and then but basically he's like superhuman strength isn't it he's kind of got much sort of stronger denser uh kind of muscle steel like skin and this is all from experiments within a prison that he signed up to in order to kind of get early release but that kind of goes slightly horribly wrong yeah Imbues him with all these lovely superpowers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that would be really interesting. And one of these things is that these seem to be kind of street-level heroes. They're mm. all based in New York as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, they all do seem to be working, you know, the different areas and different streets of New York to prevent crime, solve crime, and um, whether they're up against necessarily all the time bonafide fide super villains or whether it's maybe other street level villains, it'll be interesting to see that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the the approach that they're taking is very much. We have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is the Marvel Cinematic New York District, is that? Is that, that <laughs> <in>? <laughs> uh, but as as John mentioned, uh, Luke Cage's partner in crime or partner in uh, in Heroes for Hire is uh, is Iron Fist, um, who which is the fourth
1: of the Netflix Marvel shows uh, that has been announced. Um and at this moment, yeah. Um all we can really say about that is that he's a martial artist with a chi a based superpowers that fights crime as well. Yeah. Um it'd be interesting, will this be the Danny Rand, um, who's currently the Iron Fist? There have been others. This mm-hmm. is a, a mantle that does pass on, um and is essentially that you get the powers of the Iron Fist is a master of a martial art form known as Kunlun and um, it's all surrounding the Kunlun city a mystical city, one of the capital cities of heaven um, all based in Tibet around these mountain ranges where you fight a dragon and if you defeat it you become the Iron Fist and, mm. and those powers um, are seized from, from the dragon that it allows them to focus this chi energy um in their hands and sort of giving their fist then superhuman strength but also then um healing powers as well it's not pure um strength there is some mm. healing powers it, it channels this this energy of um say tai chi and all that kind of thing yeah. in this case the martial art is kunlun i have to say as well that Iron Fist is probably my second favourite character in um the Marvel universe. Right, right. <laughs> You'll notice a mystical theme, uh-huh. um supernatural type theme. Um and so this too is I'm really, really, really looking forward to. Yeah. Um I think for me it's it's definitely one of the most
0: intriguing of the of the four. Um I really want to see daredevil obviously that's that's um, fascinated by how they're going to do this we'll talk a lot more about daredevil as we go along but the iron fist character is a much more um i suppose a much more supernatural or much it seems to be a much more grand story than what we have from jessica jones who is a superheroine who stops being a superheroine and becomes a private investigator luke cage is a guy who breaks out of prison uh, but has been experimented on but as as you're saying, the history of, of Iron Fist is really deep and really, really... Yeah, and
1: based in the mysticism yeah. of, of Asia and those traditions. Yeah. But ultimately, um, I suppose the New York element to it, I mean, it'd be interesting whether there is any kind of link or mm-hmm. whether, whether it's a flashback, whether it's a period of time um, in that Kunlun area of the Tibetan mountains. Um, I suspect they'll focus primarily on... Daniel Rand, who is also then the head of the Rand Corporation or Rand Incorporated, depending yeah. on how uh, they decide to, to to name it. So ultimately, he will be quite a high, you know, powerful, rich, almost Batman esque Tony Stark in Absolutely. that sense, where he's got a lot of resources behind him, but chooses to use them with this special power that he has won and, and and received. Um, to fighting crime, and obviously, then the link, as we've said, with um, Luke Cage through Heroes for Hire. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose this all then leads on to that mini series element of, of all these four characters, which is the Defenders. And I mean, this is something that still, I suppose, all we can really say is that it's been announced, um, and the description of it is a team of superheroes team up to defend. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now what we specifically know the only the only piece of detail that we know is that the four main characters from uh, from these shows that lead up to the Defenders will be the main characters in the Defenders, so they will form this group together. We know that. So that's uh, that's the, that's basically it. Though everything else is up for grabs, and we could be judging by that comment that the head of Netflix made, we could be waiting a couple of years overall for to, to finally see the Defenders. But uh, I'm excited to see how it all gets together and gets pulled together.
1: I am. I mean. I can't wait to see how this all works. I mean, the main thing, really, I think to note about the defenders is it's not the Avengers; it's a, a loose affiliation, or it has been traditionally. And every time they've tried to mold on more organization or an Avengers type system, it fails, and they've gone back to square one. But this is much more of a loose affiliation of heroes, and um, you know that can change. People can wander in wander out and you can get completely new teams Mm -hmm. and and sometimes some of these heroes that are affiliated and because it's so loose they can even be at odds with one another uh, really quite badly but band together because there's maybe no other option no other choice to do so it adds a very specific almost fractious sort of dynamic that could happen here the one thing as you know that i'm Really hoping for um is that maybe it introduces and brings in Dr Strange mm-hmm. from his movie side um from the scheduled twenty sixteen movie to um s- somehow they work that into the defenders and um, considering it's defending earth it's not just New York it's mm-hmm. become bigger than than new york and um, that Doctor Strange is a key member traditionally of the defenders and um, i'm really hoping and his sanctum is obviously has usually been used as the headquarters for such a team it'll be interesting to see Absolutely. if they do actually utilize and um, and combine the movie element with this marvel netflix element yeah uh, together it'll well
0: Absolutely, and I will say that one of the most exciting moments of the uh, Daredevil panel at uh, New York Comic Con that we went to uh, was when Jeff Loeb was asked the question, um, will Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. feed into Daredevil? And his answer was, it's all connected. So,
1: that's our mantra.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Right, I think that's that's all we know about the other four series, so I think it's time to go on and talk about Daredevil, uh, the cast and characters, and uh, the footage that we saw at New York Comic Con. Yeah.
1: So with Daredevil, going to come out on Netflix uh, 10th of April this year, Um, what we know from this um, is that filming is complete. Absolutely. It's all done and dusted. In fact, it's been brought forward. It's being uh, released earlier. But this is a blind lawyer with his other senses superhumanly enhanced fights crime as a costumed superhero. Mm -hmm. And his base of operations, he's a defender of Hell's Kitchen area in new york city yeah absolutely traditionally the daredevil character doesn't really travel that often
0: outside of outside of new york um it's very much his whole modus operandi is to uh protect the um the innocent from uh, by by using his lawyer skills and protect the weak by using his uh, his defender uh, skills as a, as a daredevil essentially at night
1: and he's had that tag as the man without fear, mm. as well. Yeah, that came from was it Frank Miller? Kind of added that tag, I think, if if I remember correctly. Um, not a hundred percent sure with mm-hmm. that, but I think that tag of Daredevil, the man without fear, came from obviously Frank Miller's reawakening of uh of the character and and look at the storyline. Yeah, but also known as Matt Murdock, um when he's not in a costume, mm-hmm. he's promised his father that he would study and be studious because his father, uh, Jack Murdoch, battling Jack Murdoch, was a professional boxer, but he wasn't necessarily that great, Mm -hmm. and so had to work for the mob as a thug for hire, where he needed to be, or a a leg breaker, I think they called them. (laughs) Um, Then, you know, this would supplement his his small uh, income from from the fighting. And because of that, you know, Matt Murdoch is a lawyer. By day, he defends the needy, um, the poor, those in need for a, a lawyer for legal representation, um, and this kind of comes down to this promise um, that uh, Matt Murdoch made to his father that you know he would get a good education and not necessarily follow in the footsteps of of his dad. Yeah, um, yeah. And the tragic consequences that led him to Daredevil. So we don't really know how much
0: of the story is going to be taken by the TV show, uh, really. What we do know is that, obviously, the, the main partnership in the show is uh, is Matt Murdoch and his his uh, lawyer partner, uh, Foggy Nelson, who worked for Nelson and Murdoch. Um, we know that's being taken into the show. We know that we will definitely see uh, some flashbacks to the younger uh, Matt Murdoch and probably see a lot of the story between him and his father as well. Um, but the, that's the basic kind of gist of Daredevil, isn't it? There's... Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, he gets blinded by, um, I think it's acid or radiation in the face. That's yeah. how he is blinded, by yeah. trying to save someone else, which ultimately is that fable for the the rest of his life. He's always trying to save other people, whether mm-hmm. it's taking down the bad guys as daredevil or helping them in the court of law as a lawyer. Um, but that sort of radioactive waste um, that gets into his face... Yeah enhances all his other remaining senses. So he's got, you know, keen sense of smell, his touch, his taste, his hearing, all that is heightened and enhanced. Um, and also that now he kind of sees the world almost like uh, uh, in radar. Yeah. That it, he sees um, this map or contours of his surroundings and almost, I don't want to say echolocation <laughs> like a bat, mm-hmm. but it's that kind of thing. He's able to see his environment and his surroundings in a in a different way in terms of contours, and um, to help him move move through it. Yeah, you can definitely um, tell it
0: was created in that in the really old school Marvel era where ah, it's radiation that that's what that's what gave him the powers. That's what that's what uh, that's what sorted it out. I'm sure the writers do struggle at turning some of these stories into into more realistic tones nowadays. You know when you're when you're talking about you know. Uh, the Incredible Hulk being created by a gamma bomb that's uh, that doesn't kill him; it just turns him into the Incredible Hulk. It must be quite difficult for writers to get that get that element across to people. So I wonder how I wonder how they're going to do it for. a But today. that's
1: it. It'll be really interesting to see how they do that yeah. and how how they work that that out. But he's also he's a trained athlete and mm-hmm. an acrobat, um, and I. Get the feeling that Daredevil was also kind of a taunt from his classmates mm. um, at the time. And so, obviously, again, he takes on that and owns it to to make um, his future persona, which is, is interesting. And, of course, he has his billy club yeah. as well. His iconic billy club that he uses to take down uh, enemies, criminals. Um, he can convert it to a, a blind man's cane. Mm-hmm. And it... He has a throwing line, which then he can also um, ensnare criminals with, but also then uh, move between buildings in Hell's Kitchen in New York. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. The interesting thing of Daredevil from the comics is, as well, his development of that iconic, that classic red Daredevil suit. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that from um, at New York Comic Con that, we will see him move through those choices of coming, presumably, to a red, that classic Daredevil outfit. Yeah. yeah. But certainly, there was the black ninja uh, suit. And in fact, I think there was the the black suit with a yellow um, hood over it. Um, a bit like a wrestler, a bit mm-hmm. like a, a, a fighter. Um, so, there's a few iterations of that suit before it became the iconic red that we know and what we've seen in the movies so far. yeah. But certainly those elements and those developments seem to have made it into this series, certainly from some of the footage that um, we caught at New York Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll we be, be talking through in a moment.
0: Yeah. So a bit about the cast of the show. Um, Matt Murdock, uh, the, our, main, our main character, is uh, is played by Charlie Cox, who, uh, who we know from uh, the, the Neil Gaiman movie uh, Stardust. Um, fantastic in that. Uh, many people know him from Boardwalk Empire. I haven't actually, uh, haven't actually seen that show, but uh, but he had quite a big part on, on Boardwalk
1: Empire. And it's from Boardwalk Empire where he was kind of spotted, mm-hmm. and it was he would be perfect for the role of Matt Murdock. Yeah. Love Stardust as well. I think he's great in that. One of those films I can just go back and watch time and time again. And of course, it comes from the great pen of uh, Neil Gaiman, Mm -hmm. typewriter. Typewriter pen. Apple laptop. (laughs) Um, You know, so So. there's a slight history there that I loved him in that, and so I'm really high hopes for for um, seeing what he does with Matt Murdock and Daredevil.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, our next major main character that's in the show is Deborah Ann Wall, who plays Karen Page, who's uh, who's a love interest in the comic books for, for Matt Murdock. We'll talk a little bit about what footage that we've seen of her uh, in a moment. Uh, but Deborah Ann Wall, most people would probably know her as the vampire Jessica from True Blood. I think one of your favorite characters in True Blood, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a young blonde uh, vampire. Yeah,
1: I think she was a daughter of um, a vicar or a priest, a reverend, uh, and and got turned, was very kind of shy and retiring Mm -hmm. when she was a human. And then obviously her confidence grew as she was bitten and became a vampire and gradually became more and more confident and becoming more and more Outgoing, um, sassy, yeah. sexy, and so real, on. The real so, comic relief for the show. Yeah, like really time, good. So cool. um, she was really good. Um, then Foggy Nelson, I suppose uh, Matt Murdock's right-hand man as um, in the law firm, is being played by Eldon Henson. Mm. Um, and he was in The Butterfly Effect.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely recognize this guy's face. Um, definitely when you see him. and uh, You know, you can see photographs on our website, but... Um, but, yeah, you'll definitely recognize him when you see him. He's a, he's a, he's a good little actor. Um, apparently, this is the part that he's, he's set himself. He's born to play. He loves the character and, and really excited about playing the part. So, really excited to see him. Let um, me kind of go on to the other side. We have Wilson Fisk, or the Kingpin, um, who's essentially one of the main villains from, um, from the Rogue's Gallery of Daredevil. And he's played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, who's quite a famous actor. Who's um, mm-hmm. been seen in many, many, uh, many, many movies, many, many shows. Um, but yeah, really, really excited. He looks fantastic
1: as the Kingpin. Uh, really intrigued to see how he plays out. That's it. I mean, he just looks the part. Mm-hmm. Straight off, he looks the part, and so I can't wait to see how he plays that. I think as well, it's been touted that you know, this is just as much um, Kingpin's series and finding out about Kingpin and what he does um, as well as then uh, Wilson Fisk that's really going to be a large part of this as well and I can't wait to see that you know there's been some classic um, stories with the two of them head to head and I can't wait to see how this, this plays out. Yeah
0: and, and to that end we also have, uh, have the casting of, essentially, Wilson Fisk's girl- girlfriend or his partner, um, who's a character called Vanessa, uh, played by Eilat Zurer, um, who you may recognize. She's making the jump over from DC movies to, to Marvel movies or Marvel TV shows. Um, she was Superman's mom in Man of Steel. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So she's making the leap over to the other side, like we are now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's one of the interesting, uh, one of the interesting characteristics. We'll talk about uh, again. We'll talk about the scenes that we've seen from New York Comic Con, but there's a really interesting scene between the two of them.
1: Are we now Jedi's, considering that um, Marvel is owned by Walt, and <laughs> Walt owns Star Wars? Mm-hmm, yeah, possibly. So if we're coming over to a side, is it? The dark side or the light side? We, we, we won't know until this is all completed.
0: <laughs> or just another side. Uh, just another side. That's another side. We don't like picking sides. No, so. exactly.
1: Yeah. Then we have um, uh, Ellison, uh, who's Fisk's right-hand man, and that is going to be played by Jeffrey Cantor. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the other right-hand men, Matt's trainer, um, Stick is going to be played by Scott Glenn, who um, was in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's Jody, Jody Foster's boss
0: in Silence mm. of the Lambs. You'll definitely recognise him. Um, and he he's essentially a, nin, a ninja trainer for uh, for Matt Murdock um, in, so, in the comics.
1: Yeah, so that's uh, a really, another great bit of casting there. And then we come to Is She, Isn't She a Night Nurse? Mm-hmm. Um, which always reminds me of cough medicine because <laughs> we had um, we had a cough mixture. I remember as a kid, and that was called Night Nurse. Yeah, it's like um, NyQuil in the States. Yeah. That, yeah. So, but Rosario Dawson um, is playing Claire Temple slash Night Nurse, um, and of course we know her from. Loads of different uh, films with um, Robert Rodriguez and... um, Cincinnati, wasn't it, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And Clerks 2 with with Kevin Smith, yeah. Yeah. So, can't wait to see what she brings here. You've got a few bits about the, the character...
0: Yeah, yeah. Essentially, the character Night Nurse. There was a, just a little kind of a side at New York Comic Con where, um, where Jeff Loeb introduced the character of Rosario Dawson. She unfortunately couldn't be present for the for the panel. Uh, he introduced her as Claire Temple, who's a completely different character in the comic books, but indicated she's a nurse that works at night. So, uh, so essentially saying that the character is called Night Nurse in the comic books. The character of Night Nurse, um, the her alter ego is Linda Carter. Um, so. For some obvious reasons, for some of our older listeners, um, they they're not going to use the name Linda Carter for that for the alter ego uh, and for the character that uh, Rosario Dawson is playing. She's th- not Wonder Woman. She's then. not Wonder Woman. No, because it would be a bit confusing, I suppose, if you're if especially with a Wonder Woman movie coming out from DC very soon, it'd be a bit confusing if Rosario Dawson was playing a character called Linda Carter and people were seeing the name uh, bandied around quite a lot. They think they named. Her character after Wonder Woman, I suppose. So yeah. so an interesting choice of theirs to, to call her Claire Temple and her to be the alter ego of, of Nightmares.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, ultimately, thoughts. Like, I'm really excited by Daredevil. I can't wait to see what they do with it. I think just the fact that it's on Netflix... I think just the fact that it's on Netflix, that they can release... It's almost like a mini series in one go with just chapter points uh for each episode that you can dip in and out to if you want to or you can just do a a daredevil fest mm-hmm. um over a weekend or over a week yeah Um you can decide how you want to watch it this is a really great thing about it um, because i know from watching house of cards on netflix you just kind of i want to watch the next i want to watch yeah. the next as it it really um fuels the appetite if it's good and if it wants you to um or if it makes you want to watch more of of the same show so yeah. i can't wait to see how how it works um on netflix and i hope that we'll probably do a, a nice Daredevil marathon
0: yeah yeah absolutely but we will be recording podcasts in between um one of the interesting points that charlie cox made at the marvel panel for um, for Daredevil on Netflix at New York Comic Con, um, we're going to put a link to the a link to the video of that in our notes um, for this episode. But essentially, uh, he made the point that with traditional TV, you essentially have to start the episode showing people what happened last week, end the episode with a cliffhanger to make them come back next week. Whereas with Netflix, all you do is either press play or pause, um, so you can do one long thirteen-hour movie. Uh, essentially, which makes him, which made him really excited about the project. You have to, you don't have to do your build up and and slow down the way you do with traditional TV. You just have to keep people hooked and watching the narrative of thirteen hours. So I'm really interested in, in that form, in that
1: format of of storytelling. And it brings Daredevil to the TV screen. What is not to like? And Marvel have just gotten, obviously, all those rights back. So this is a really new, interesting phase for this character because the actual movie. With Ben Affleck, who's actually gone the other way, and mm-hmm. um, he's gone from Marvel now to to DC, playing mm-hmm. the the Cape Crusader. Yeah. That movie, as we said before, wasn't part of Marvel Studios as we know it today. Back yeah. then, um, so I can't wait to see now that it's back being a full Marvel property for the small screen, big screen. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the last big thing uh, that we want to talk about, mm-hmm. um, we attended New York Comic Con last October, where there was Daredevil footage, preview footage, um, introduced by Jeff Loeb. Uh-huh. Um, of course, though we weren't all that um, privileged to go uh, and see it. Unfortunately, I was on other duties. That's right, at That's New York nice. Comic Con. Um, but you, Derek, you managed to get to to see all these um, little snippets and scenes that were shown at NYCC, um, whilst I was busy upstairs interviewing the cast and uh, creator David S. Goya for Constantine. Yeah. Which, if there are any Constantine fans out there, um, you can certainly check out um, our coverage and reporting of those roundtable interviews on our website um under www.gothamtvpodcast.com and they will be on there um but of course whilst i was upstairs with um the cast of constantine yeah um <laughs> you were downstairs with the cast of marvel's daredevil that is true the footage that um
0: that is true we basically flipped a coin listeners, uh, as to who went where <laughs> um we made the decision that uh that that john would go and have the interview with the cast and uh and creator of Constantine, while I went and, and sat in a big hall with uh, about 2,000 people thinking this was going to be just a panel revealing the uh, the cast and some of the people that hadn't been revealed before. Um, I'll put a link to the actual uh, panel for the MYCC, which where you can see interviews with all of the cast, and led, the panel led by Jeff Loeb, who's really, really good at leading these kind of panels. It was really good fun. I did not expect footage in there, but the footage that was shown was about... I'd say about 10 minutes overall, uh, all from the first episode probably. Um,
1: was it all kind of one sizzle reel or, or one scene or was it a number of different ones?
0: And it was split into about five segments
1: over the course of
0: the of the panel. So he'd ask a few questions uh, or give a, a fun little intro to the, to the crowd and then he'd show a little scene and show a little snippet. And you think, judging by some of the other panels that we'd seen that weekend, we kind of thought... You know, it'll be two two minutes maybe of footage, but there's five individual five individual scenes that were shown over the course of the of the hour long panel that we saw. Um, and
1: who who were in these? Obviously, Matt Murdock or yeah. Daredevil himself, maybe. Yeah, he's
0: um, pretty much in all of them except for one. So, um, so yeah, so the uh, the scenes that we had was essentially you know setting up. Uh, matt murdoch in his first daredevil costume so one of the things i've seen after the fact is uh, an image of the daredevil uh, costume where he's dressed in black like a kind of a ninja outfit and um, the first and second scene actually three of the scenes excuse me three of the scenes had him dressed in this costume Um in one of the scenes he specifically points out that this is just a first attempt uh he's just trying on the the outfit for the first time and um, so it's probably from episode one. So it's very, yeah. very likely that he'll try out other costumes. But as I said, one of the things I've seen about that particular image um, of Daredevil is people commenting. They don't really like it. They want him in the traditional red. It's very likely he's going to be in the traditional red Daredevil costume during the seri- series, judging by the footage that we've seen.
1: So it's a work in progress kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what he said about about that costume. That's great. And um, I you said that he um to me previously that he'd been sort of involved. There was a big fight uh, within his Daredevil. Was he trying to protect anyone? Yeah. Do we know who the assailant was?
0: Yeah, big. It's kind of the biggest of the of the scenes. The biggest action scene was shown. A uh, little snippet at the beginning, and then the full scene was shown later on, where Karen Page, uh, who we talked about, um, is being attacked by uh, an unknown assailant. You so don't we, know who that is. Okay, so we
1: don't get to see
0: any. Uh, of don't, that. don't see their face, but you get to see the fight. Uh, you get to see Daredevil essentially stalking the, stalking the, uh, the attacker, and then them two of them getting into a, into a battle, uh, while he's protecting Karen Page. Um, so that's really interesting. That was was great fun to see, and again having a little snippet at the start where you think you're not going to see the fight, and having the fight at the end, which is a full two or three minute sequence of, uh, of action, which
1: was great fun. Yeah, so you really get to see the action aspect of Daredevil. Um, and you also said then to me that he is being treated for wounds. Is that as a result of these fights? Yeah. And- is there anyone else? Do we get to see as well any of the, you know, the bad guys like uh, Wilson Fisk?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the the scene, um, probably that directly follows, again, they're shown out of order a bit. But there's a scene with Rosario Dawson, who plays Claire Temple, um, who's nursing the wounds of Matt Murdock. He's still dressed in the in the dark ninja kind of costume. Uh, she is the one that jokingly remarks, "This doesn't look great. Uh, a, a dark costume in a dark alley. You know, no, nobody's ever going to be able to find you." If you have these kind of injuries again, so um, so a nice little kind of scene between the two of them uh, where she treats his wounds essentially. So um, so that's the the only time we see Rosaria Dawson in the in the clips,
1: yeah. and that's also presumably hinting again at uh, that she is potentially night nurse. Yes, the, as I said uh, earlier on, Jeff Loeb did make the
0: comment that. Um, she is a nurse and she works at night. NICE. So this was the scene he was, he was speaking about. Um, we did get a great scene with, with Wilson Fisk and, uh, his, his girlfriend, essentially, which is Vanessa, as we, as we mentioned yeah. earlier on. Um, a fantastic scene between the two of them. And it's a very, uh, a very emotive scene he's not telling somebody to go out and kill somebody he's not um he's not angry or aggressive in the scene at all he's essentially standing in front of a painting in an art gallery um looking deeply at it as vanessa uh, speaks to him and he describes to vanessa the reason why he loves the painting is because it makes him feel alone and small which wilson fisk being the leader of a mob organization and being a very big character you know a six foot five character yeah I think exactly in comment, um You'd never expect him to admit something like that. So it's a much more personal kind of uh, side of of his character or probably a sensitive side of the character than than we've seen in the past. Uh, And they have made comments that the show will centre around both Wilson Fisk and uh, Matt Murdock. So it's interesting to see. Could
1: that alternatively be him... Sort of just mentally preparing himself or being almost like a strategist that to, to keep him grounded from what he does and maybe what he likes to do, which is to um, be the kingpin, be strong, powerful, uncompromising. Is it a way of him internally checking himself so that he never takes it for granted it, could it be something like that it's, as absolutely well? Absolutely,
0: could be. Yeah, absolutely, it could be. I think uh, Oh, uh, the scene itself is very much a, a, a kind of a little, I guess they call them a meek-cute between Vanessa and Wilson Fisk. It's, they don't look like they're in a relationship long. It looks like they've just bumped into each other at this art gallery. Um, they're the only two people there, as far as I remember, um, as well. So it's kind of an interesting little scene between the two of them where he's showing a, a more sensitive side. But you could be right. This could be something that he's preparing for his next attack or preparing for his next plan by looking deeply into this painting.
1: And do we see any of um, Daredevil's or Matt Murdock's helpers, sidekicks, assistants yes. and so on, like Stick or Foggy? or
0: We don't see any of Stick. He's only in three episodes of the show. I don't know whether they're the first episodes or not, but there was, no, uh, there was none of his scenes in there. Um, there was a scene with... Um, with Karen Page talking to Matt and Foggy um at a desk could be in their office um but essentially she's thanking Matt and Foggy for uh for their help um probably in something else I presume she doesn't know that it was Daredevil that, uh, that, that was Matt Murdock dressed up as Daredevil that saved her uh, when she was attacked um, I presume she's just thanking them for other help that they're doing and then she goes to work for them but you get to see a bit of foggy Nelson you get to see a sense of humour in the actor Eldon Henson who plays him uh, it really looks like he's playing, bringing a little bit of the more lightness to um, to the okay, scenes yeah. yeah, which was really good you really didn't need that the, the scenes themselves are again were quite long considering when it was shown back in October and the show's only airing in, uh, in April of this year. Uh, the scenes themselves were quite long and they were quite um, showing much more of the dramatic side than probably I was expecting. I was expecting much more of a wham-bam kind of fighting stuff like we got from Agent Carter while we were at New yeah. York Comic Con. Um, but this scene at least showed a bit of the lightness, that there is still a, a good Marvel touch to it. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay, so, I mean, there's that bit of lightness, as you say. There's also the action sequence. We get to see Daredevil's big bad with Wilson Fisk the kingpin mm-hmm. and um maybe not in a way that we would expect um and then you know full fight action scene with daredevil attacking an, an assailant protecting essentially one of his love interests in karen page mm-hmm. but we also see him out of costume with then um, uh foggy nelson and karen as well so yeah. that seems quite good and what that was presumably in total maybe five minutes worth of footage. Um, I'd
0: say it was closer to about ten. Um, the scenes themselves were quite uh, were, were pretty pretty long and pretty. As I said, they they kind of were allowed to give a little bit of a breathing space, uh, a little bit more, um, a little bit more longer lingering shots than you'd probably expect from a Marvel show, or probably expect even from the films because they tend to have to be cut quite quickly. Um, these are going to be episodes that are shown all thirteen of them released on one night, so. Um, you can watch them as quick or as slow as you want to watch them. Um, so they f- it feels like they're allowing that pace to kind of um, to, to last a bit longer than you, you maybe traditionally would. So yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, excellent. Um- Makes me even more excited yeah. for Daredevil to arrive in April. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry you didn't get to see them, uh, but we'll get me to me them very, very, soon. very soon. Don't worry; it's helped me cry. It's helped me to cry myself off to see them. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Well, thanks very much, and uh, and thanks for listening. As always, you can get in contact with us at feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com. dot com. You can follow us on Twitter at defenderscast.
1: You can also um, join our group at the Defenders on facebook defenders tv podcast search that um, and you'll find us you can uh, avail of our podcasts on itunes and any other good podcast catcher so please do uh, listen to us and any of the feedback um, please uh, give it to us and we can begin this great conversation and excitement for the build-up to daredevil and to the other marvel netflix collaborations
0: Excellent. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks' time. We're hopefully going to do a podcast about the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Um, hopefully, there's a trailer coming up very soon, so we'll we'll do a breakdown uh, trailer episode. And we hopefully we'll get around to covering maybe a comic or two uh, connected, or a graphic novel or two connected to the Daredevil series.
1: That's great. So, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time.